and welcome to Sean and Lydia Happy Hour, my favorite episode of a podcast to record each and every year, and that is our favorites. It's the end of the year podcast. We're going to record our favorite st- and t- discuss our favorite stuff from 2021, including mainly about music, but our travels, our concerts, our festivals. I'm going to talk about video games to kick us off, but got to announce our f- my favorite person in the world being my co-host. Lydia, what's up? Hey, what's up? I'm ready to get this party started, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta crack. I'm cracking a Heineken. Yeah, it's not gonna make the same satisfying as mine did, but. But I can do this. Nice. Ooh, yeah. Cap on the ground. Cap on the ground. All right, everybody. Let's cheers. If you have a beverage. Cheers, anytime. baby. Alcoholic, non-alcoholic, whatever you want. So every year. In every podcast I've done, I think every year for like the last seven years now, I've done a end of the year podcast and I usually kick us off uh, with my video games or in my co-host favorite video games, but of course Lydia doesn't play too many of those. So I'll just go ahead and get started with that and we'll move quickly through this because I didn't really play that a huge variety of games this year. I played a lot of uh, a lot of hours of video games though, of course, with it still us still being in a pandemic. But I played, uh, and I've been looking forward to Disco Elysium coming to the Nintendo Switch. So I'm going to start with first player, single player, adventure, story driven games before I get into what I played most of, which is multiplayer. So anyway, Disco Elysium came to the Nintendo Switch, the final cut, never didn't finish it. So I want to preface it with that, but I absolutely love my time with it. And then it came out right before the Nintendo Switch OLED, but it's hard for me to play an OLED because I don't have the... Satisfy Switch Grip for that yet. It's on pre-order. Should be here by the end of the year, so in the week or two. And so I haven't really been playing. I didn't finish it. You know, I jumped. I jumped right into League of Legends Wild Rift on my actual iPhone, and then I did play a lot of Pokemon Unite as well throughout the summer, right before getting that Switch OLED. Switch OLED, which the Switch OLED is absolutely gorgeous. So I'm glad that I made that decision and. Shy and her kids got my old switch, so it worked out well so I could help out my little sister and my nieces and nephew. And so what my one of my favorite ex- surprises and experiences for gaming this year was Guardians of the Galaxy. I was held up in this office for what seemed like an eternity, but I at least had gotten Guardians of the Galaxy on a Black Friday super sale. It was like twenty or twenty-five dollars and played that through the whole thing and it was an absolute blast blast it was one of the best marvel stories that i counting screen tv show big screen tv show that i've ever experienced now it's not the same guardians of the galaxy from the movies but it is the same kind of dynamic between all of the all of the characters so gamora for instance is gets called the traitor or the assassin by uh drax so but drax is way more intelligent and like still just as humorous as dave batista played him as but he's more intelligent just like able to have like a more of a wide range of topics and conversations with you (laughs) so this was a story driven game there's no there's no microtransactions there's no subscription and it's not all about online play like the avengers game it was is that came out last year so i think that the team behind it did a really great job and it actually won best narrative for at the game awards, which is the unofficial official game awards ceremony each year. So with that being said, my two favorite games though and experiences were definitely Pokemon Unite and League of Legends Wild Rift. So Pokemon Unite's a MOBA of all the uh, Pokemon and I played a lot of that on my switch. And then League of Legends Wild Rift cannot get enough of it. I've been playing it for about six weeks straight. That's all I play. Lydia knows. I turn my phone sideways. <laughs> I'm playing that and just love it. It's basically pocket League of Legends, but in the best way possible. They've done a lot of intelligent things with the items where they combined a lot of old items with like their boots and everything to make it so that it was actually accessible. So, absolutely love that. And I, I spent the first three to four months playing continuously playing Animal Crossing. So, I played that for 12 full months straight from March last year to about March, April this year. Absolutely loved it. So, with that being said, let's take a breath, take a sip, take a drink. Because I did want to plow through that and not spend too much time on gaming. So, only a few minutes. You did great. Let's get into... Yeah, let's make... Is everyone awake at home? Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> Take your Lion's Mane mushroom, 
and vitamins and get to going. So I want to save our favorite albums of the year. No, let's just get into that because that's the main thing that I like to go through. Top 10 albums of the year. And I don't know. Do you have a top 10? Yeah, actually, I didn't. I just started writing them down. And it just sort of pour, started pouring out. So I might be a little over. The yeah, top no, 10. I mean, I have a top 10 that I'm going to talk extensively about at least three to five of those. And then we I have a bunch of honorable mentions. I'll just rattle off. So yeah. Let's start with our your least favorite of your favorites. So my no, I can't rank them. <laughs> okay, well I have ranked them. So I'm I'll, not gonna rank them, but I will. I will say that one thing that really stuck out to me over the last year is uh, evolution and I guess my music taste in a way. And I've uh, we've discovered so many new artists this year, like more so than ever before. It seems like, and music was such an important part of my year in 2021. I really like reconnected with a lot of. I should say I really connected with a lot of albums and I just I guess it just was a really beautiful part of 2021 so I'm looking forward to talking about this with you yeah I agree you've definitely shown a lot of growth in a multitude of ways but primarily your taste in music has just really evolved much more than just the EDM bass driven kind of well thing. I mean we always listen to I've always listened to not just EDM I know, but, <laughs> I know, but it just seems like it's more prevalent than mm-hmm. ever so I'll just go ahead and rattle off my top. So this is 10, 9, 8, respectively. Tiger's Jaw, I won't care how you remember me. Quintessential Tiger's Jaw, not really reinventing anything new. I still really like when Ben's the main singer instead of Brianna, but that doesn't mean I don't care for her. I don't dislike her songs. Cat's Cradle is great. Then Citizen, Life in Your Glass House. This is Citizen going t- way back towards youth more instead of sticking with the mm-hmm. uh, weird... Uh, <laughs> like the different kind of sound that they kind of evolved into they've kind right. of they're finally bringing all their learnings together and all their kinds of sounds together and then foxing's draw down the moon that's number eight in my top 10 and then uh i just mean this is probably foxing's best album of mm-hmm. all time uh i think it's actually better than their last record by far which is actually my least favorite of their four albums first record i discovered by them and Dealer in 2015 is definitely my favorite record by them. But this is this is definitely a close number two. It's just, it's so consistent. And the singles were phenomenal. And they just really know what they're doing. So, and then I'll just let you go ahead and speak toward a few releases in 2021. That's what we're focused yeah, on. Yeah, specifically. So obviously there's albums that we listened to this year that did not come out in 2021. They had a tremendous impact on me. Let's, do, um, let's discuss but, those after. Yeah, absolutely. So... It's kind of interesting because the albums that I have played the most are albums that I just discovered within the past few months. So it's just kind of funny to me. Um, So what I've been listening to basically on repeat for the past couple of months is Castles by The Elevators and Ease and Grace by Ayaterra. I just I can't stop playing these albums like it's just just on a loop pretty much in our household. And Sean's probably going insane. (laughs) The good news is that it's phenomenal music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's literally on a loop. Yeah. yeah. I'm having a hard time like finding the words to express myself around these albums, I guess, because it just they mean so much to me. So it's almost like overwhelming to try to explain how you even got to this point of listening to this kind of music, I guess. I think that the amazing people that we met in Denver this year had a lot of influence on me discovering some of this music. I mean, quite literally for the elevators, because Lennon actually sent me that album. Shout out Lennon. Yeah. And for Ayaterra, I was suggested them on Instagram like a post of theirs and then I just started like checking it out because we like because I had liked Satsung and I liked Satsung or discovered Satsung I'm pretty sure because Lennon and Lance both follow Satsung so anyway it just kind of was one of these things that sort of just cascaded really organic discovery right a lot of it was organic but I think it's because of like the algorithms on Instagram honestly a lot of it was due to that so I guess there's one good thing that Instagram is for so Anyway, with I would say that Castles, Ease and Grace, and All Right Now. So All Right Now is was Satsung's album from this past year. And honestly, at first, I started listening to old Satsung first. There, his um, first album, which I'll talk a little bit about later, which is Story of You. And I just, you know, I had that on repeat, repeat, repeat. And then I kind of started to listen to his newer album. And honestly, at first, I was just kind of not that into it. But the more I listened to it and 
the more it be started resonating with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it really stuck with me. So that album is just absolutely beautiful. I mean, the songs on all three of those albums just... There are some that just like hit so deep. They're beautiful songs, catchy. They're just, I'm never going to get, I don't feel like I'm ever going to get tired of playing those records. That's a great feeling to have. So those are three albums that really are up there at the top. I have a hard time ranking these because I'll talk about other albums that also were important to me and I, I just hate to do that. But those are three albums that I guess probably do get <laughs> get a little bit more rec- recognition at the very top. So I don't know. What about you? Or is there anything else that you really feel stuck with you this yeah. year? Yeah, so I'm the opposite. I, I love to do my top 10 favorite records of the year. And so I'll just go ahead and rattle off three more, the next three. So that would be number seven, Tyler, the creator. Call me if you get lost. It's just quintessential Tyler. But he's really evolved from Igor. I mean, he, of course, did that Grinch animated film by Illumination, who does Despicable Me, about to do Mario. He did that in between Igor and Flower Boy. But he's really evolved from back to his days in Goblin and Wolfgang, where he was just using homophobic slurs and just acting like a complete dork, late teens, you know, different times, I guess, in the late 2000s, early 2010s. And so going from Wolf all the way to Call Me If You Get Lost, it's just insane. And Tyler, as a musician, he's really showing his flexing hard. He's showing that he can he's up there with Kanye West when it comes to let's not think about all the negative things with <laughs> Kanye but how Kanye thinks about music and how he ties together stories Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. Frank Ocean I mean storytellers Childish Gamb- Childish Gambino yeah I'm just talking about rap hip hop R&B that can are really talking about telling a story from album through album and that's what Tyler's Call Me If You Get Lost really did highlighted that he also had some really phenomenal performances including at the BET awards I loved watching those clips I, I mean when you saw uh, when you s- seek out excuse me when you seek out performances by live performances or try to catch those live performances that says something absolutely love that record this year number six this one I, I'm t- gonna give you a chance to discuss this artist this band and this release as well angel dust yak a collection of truck songs. <laughs> Of course, special mention and honorable mention, I should say, to their EP that was released right before that called Bigger House. Yeah, was, which is actually on my list and Yak isn't. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, Bigger House is essentially all of it. It's on Yak. Mm-hmm. But so that's why I went with Yak. Uh, but I love Angel Dust. You and I both love Angel Dust. And uh, they've just really, I mean, since our wedding, really, we've just been, it's, it's like 100th and Angel Dust and our anniversary last year, I should say. So when you think about this year as a whole, we've just been listening to so much to Angel Dust and Yak. I mean, excuse me, like 100th, that mm-hmm. kind of music. It's like one of those artists that you can turn on and I'll just, you and I will both be grooving it, mm-hmm. grooving to it. Did you have anything you wanted to say? Real yeah, quick? well, I think the most, I, I think the most natural next thing to mention would be Turnstiles Glow On. Sure. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. And this is a band that used to write hardcore music. And I guess I don't even know what you would consider it now, just like alternative punk kind of. And it's so funny, too, because we were at, I'll never forget being at Slipknot. We got so lucky. We got in pretty much just in time. As everyone, most people listening probably know, Knotfest was a mess. In and Iowa. it was very hard. Like, we had to cut a bunch of people. And like, hey, shout out to the people we cut. I'm sorry, but I wasn't going to miss Turnstile. So. And I had messed up <laughs> my had knee. To, yeah. So I had a knee brace. So it was actually pretty. Uh, there's no way I'm going to walk and sit, stand like that, like for that long. Right. So this band evolved from being like a noisy hardcore band to being. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I just mean they evolved into these this complex, beautiful, catchy sound that is now perfectly represented. They had obviously some, they had a record prior to that that sort of illustrated their, I guess, I don't know, newer sound, if you will. But Glow On really solidified, I think, their place in in that alternative realm and their evolution away from that hardcore sound. Again, nothing wrong with the hardcore sound, um, but it just is a tremendous like growth opportunity for them and the music that they're writing is absolutely incredible and they've actually finally been getting recognized for the music that they're writing because of this album and i guess t- sorry i kind of skipped over what i was trying to say about not fest but we finally got in 
We're so excited to see them. Incredible performance. But I'll never forget like walking to the overstate, the other stage after seeing Turnstile. And I swear to God, I heard like three different groups of people just talking shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's for Slipknot. Because yeah. they're just like weird. They're weird. <laughs> they're, they have like bucket hats on. They're dancing all weird on stage. Like they're, you know, they're not, they're, they're not back, really screaming. They they're not the, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> The background that they had for this live performance is their album cover for Glow On, which is pink cloud, <laughs> pink sky with clouds, white clouds. Right. And then you've got like people walking, like these, all these metalheads walking around who have probably never heard Turnstile before. And they're like, well, that fucking sucks, Yeah, man. they all, like half of the people have like, gear on to make them look like they're doms. Yeah, it was just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, spike necklaces, whatever. So that's totally right. And in the same vein of Angel Dust and 100th Turnstile really evolving their sound. I mean, they played the late night show with Seth, whatever his name is. They were ranked in the top five, I believe, for Rolling Stone's best albums of yeah, the year. Yeah, that's so monumental like, for them to be up there. Turnstiles glow on, and they were number one for so many other publications that are smaller than Rolling Stone. Iconic, like really. Yeah. Uh, Turnstiles glow on, number two for me, by the way. So very high up there for my favorite albums of the year. Yeah, check it out if you haven't. I think a lot of people listening, if you haven't listened to uh, Turnstile, feel free to start at their newest album because it's perfect. Yep. And so that brings me to my number five, which is, an- speaking of evolving sounds, Sam Gallatry for right. Roman yeah. numeral four. <laughs> it's not spelled out. So if you are going to give a search to it, Homie out here singing. Jeez, is there anything what? this guy can't do? Like he's like in one of his latest music videos, he's like playing the guitar, he's playing the piano. Gullible, that's a single. Yeah, off, I not, mean, not I his... like maybe this is weird to say, but I'm so proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? So... I just mean Sean and I have a long history with this artist, who actually I think Dan Brown turned turned us onto an old friend. And many, many years ago, Sean probably remembers the exact date. 2015. <laughs> yep. And uh, we... Short stories. And nobody knew who the hell he was, you know what I mean? And we we traveled to see him a couple times. And actually, both times that I traveled to see him, I met him. So I have these pictures with him. And he just looks like... Uh, the second time that I met him, I caught him on the way, like going to or from the bathroom or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, you know, can I, can I take a picture with you? And he kind of like he doesn't say anything like he hardly says anything he just like kind of smiles he blushes like he doesn't hardly speak i don't think he ever speaks behind the mic like at all so anyway we go to take this picture and he must have like motioned to this older gentleman that was with him and i was like is that your dad dude and he's just like you know red face and he's just like shake he just like shakes his head like yeah so his dad's like his manager you know at this point this kid's not even 21 anyway we've just seen him grow he was from, 19 years old at the right, time by the we've way, just seen him 18. grow as madison and i say little dough boy because <laughs> he's just, he used to just have this like doughy like adolescent face and now he's like He's a man. He's, He's writing man himself. music. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you haven't, if you're not, if you're into, well, honestly, if you're into any genre of music, I think that you could really enjoy some of Sam's songs. And I, I really, I really think that he has a long, beautiful career ahead of him. Like this man is just getting started and his talent is un, unmeasurable. It knows no bounds. Sam Gellatry is all is is a pioneer of a new genre. Absolutely, intergalactic prince or whatever we call him. <laughs> I call that's what I called him before he started singing. I called him the intergalactic prince of, uh, interstellar prince of galactic beats or something like that. <laughs> but I think he is really at the forefront of a new genre, which is ultra pop. It's it's not all based on fifty eight different songwriters and twenty four different people writing the lyrics all in a room together. It's based on one or a, two people putting together all these beats, all these layering beats on pe- on beats, which is what he's always been known for, and bringing in a nice, soul- soulful, hip-hop, uh, R&B-type vocals. Yeah, so. it's really it's really pretty unique. And if you're not into that, then I, I, would, I would challenge you to go back a little further uh, in his discography because the, uh, the records prior to the latest were were all you know edm based there was no lyrics or anything like that for the most part and um really special really special uh records for us and has been a part pretty much our entire relationship honestly yep and real quick duo which was the first single to come out of that that's the first song he's ever released 
publicly that had him singing. That was one of my most played songs of the whole year. Yeah, yeah, it was it was on for sure. It was on my list. Let's pop Apple over music. to your next handful. Yeah, so since we're kind of talking more in the EDM genre, I would be remiss if I did not mention Pretty Dark Loud by Mersive. Absolutely phenomenal. Mersive, I you know, I don't want to juxtapose him with Bass Nectar because I think he's I think he's an artist in his own right with tremendous talent and I I hate I don't mean to compare him to Bass Nectar but I can't help but see some of the similarities in the way they write music so I mean I don't know if I, a lot of artists have been influenced by Bass Nectar of course how could they not be you know he's one of the most iconic was one of the most iconic producers in that in EDM for whatever a long time <laughs> let's just put it that way uh, so I can definitely hear a lot of the influences and I guess my point is that when everything went down with bass nectar we had like a serious love for him and it it hurt <laughs> I, I miss having that music I loved his music and so it's nice that there have been these other artists that because of uh, because of that vacuum that bass nectar's absence created in the EDM scene it actually gave the opportunity for some of these other artists with similar, but don't get me wrong, very unique in their own right, sounds to rise up. And I really think that so many producers' careers have actually come to the forefront because Bass Nectar's absence made room for those people and gave people like me more time to pay attention to these other artists who are who should be recognized and should people should be paying attention. And Mercer's Pretty Dark Loud is just absolutely flawless from start to finish i love him i've been chasing him trying to see him it seems like for the past year we were supposed to see him at fall equinox finally and then some people on his team i don't know if it was him or you know team members it doesn't really matter but some some someone or multiple people caught covid or were exposed to covid and they made the choice not to come and that was tremendously disappointing because i was so excited to finally see him so hopefully if Nobody catches COVID <laughs> between now and January. We'll finally be seeing him for what he claims to be an immersive, very immersive <laughs> uh, performance, special performance that he's going to be doing in Denver. And I'm so excited to get to go there, not only see immersive, but get to see him with some of our greatest friends. So, yeah, well said with the brain drain after Bass Sanctor. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think that it would be appropriate real quick to mention the other person that comes to mind when I'm talking about this void and it clearing space for other artists to come to the forefront. I see a tremendous amount of bass nectar influence in Ravenscoon's music and Ravenscoon released an e uh, excuse me, yes, an EP earlier in 2021 called Rapid Eye Movements, which is awesome <laughs> from start to finish. I love his music so much. We've been blessed to see him actually several times over the past year. And I, I love him, uh, but I will just say that it seems like being a smaller artist, he's really catering to the specific crowd that he was performing for. And a lot of the performances that I've seen him do were great, but they were more almost like a club sort of a DJ set, like tremendous talent, great visuals, but it's not all of his music. And I love his music and I want to hear him play his music. So we're actually going to be seeing him the night before Mersive in Denver. And he's headlining this kind of mini tour, if you will. And I really think we're finally going to get what I've been what I've been looking for from him. So I'm so excited. I don't blame him at all. You know, he's trying to broaden his audience and spread his name by catering to the crowd a little bit. But I'm really excited to see what he puts in front of us in Denver. I think he's really going to turn out true Raven's Coon. Yeah, I hope so. So I'll just go ahead and jump in and say... Definitely a good point on Bass Nectar's absence really creating a huge brain drain in the EDM world for meticulous layer upon layering of layering of electronic music, bangers, etc. And I think that the best compliment I can give Mersive, you know, I'm not the biggest Mersive fan. He's not his records. We've got somebody outside being a total dork on Christmas Eve. <laughs> but we, the best compliment I can give Mersive and Ravenscoon is that these artists are have really done well taking the torch, the baton, so to speak, from uh, the sound of bass sector, you know, and more thought out and maybe some less layers. So it's more thought out and succinct, succinct sound. So yeah, I'm excited to see both of them here coming in January. 
Fingers crossed, of course. So, I'm going to get into my last three, which is going to be my fourth, third, and first, of course, because I've already mentioned Turnstiles Glow On. We had a discussion just moments ago about how that was my number two. So, number four, Tas Sultana's Terra Firma. This is the, one of the first albums of the year that really gripped me. It was all, my album of the year for, like, almost half the year. I mean... If you look at my top three, it really was. Like, I mean, until about June, July, I would say that was my favorite album of the year. They are incredible. They have always been a multi-instrumentalist. I'm so glad I've got to see them in Montreal, Oceaga. Yeah, that was cool. So neat. It was like a sun, sunny day. Like it was not a sunset set. We were up on a mound. I yeah, remember. we're on a mound. <laughs> so we could see Shout out to them. our mound fam from Cosmic Kingdom <laughs> yeah. this year. Uh, but I just absolutely love this, the record, and I could I could listen to it from start to finish, and it's a pretty long album. It's a whole hour, and it's 14 songs long, but I love every single song, so can't really give enough props to Tash Sultana on that release. Number three. So this is number three, top 10, 2021, Sean. I love to really hit it home from my top three. Home is where I became birds. It's an officially it's an EP, but this is a punk, hardcore type sounding band from a small town in Florida. Somehow with the this release, they really got noticed by a lot of publications. This is on a lot of people's lists. Just go listen to it if you really love pop punk. Stripped down. Not uh, I played a couple songs last night, and I when I was listening to them on a speaker instead of just listening to him in my airpods i really really noticed like how raw it was mm-hmm. i mean the vocals are are not like perfect i mean it does but it's a raw record not overproduced you can tell it's up from a smaller act that's just really getting their feet in the industry and i'm excited for where they go next on their actual first full length so that brings me to my number one to no one's surprise it's every time i die's radical <laughs> Easy choice. Easy. I listened to this. I mean, the first, they've released five songs since December 8th last year with A Colossal Wreck and Desperate Pleasures. And I mean, since those two songs, and then they released AWOL on their Tid the Season, like live recording uh, that we got to watch the telethon, remember? They released AWOL. Yeah, that was like, a lot of fun. That was absolutely incredible. But as soon that as was I, hilarious. I, I judge an album. When I'm talking about an album as a whole, I judge an album by the initial song. I really need a really strong closer. I need a huge middle. And that's what this is. I'm looking at the, the actual track listing. In Dark Distance is, compar- is comparable to Fear and Loathing. Uh, Fear and Trembling, excuse me. Uh, from low teens is pretty dang awesome compared to no son of mine which is my favorite song of all time getting into sly planet shit i've got a planet shit flag all right tapestry type thing on the window here absolutely love them and all this in war featuring josh josh scogan from 68 got to see that live in iowa city missed it actually it did the season because we ended up leaving right before the last song <laughs> just really i was very very drunk first time drinking in like three four weeks yeah just, i mean all of us had been punched several times yeah the mosh pit was <laughs> insane so uh yeah i uh, didn't get to see it a second time but i did get to see in iowa city with mitch friend of the show and that was it was just one of the best single songs i've ever seen or i had seen live all year hands down thing with feathers is about Keith Buckley, so his brother's also in the band, a guitarist, lead guitarist. Their sister disabled her whole life, I believe, like so so much so as wheelchair bound and um, mentally disabled mm-hmm. as well. She ended up passing away, I believe, in 2019 or 2020, similar to my sister. So, Thing with Feathers is about <clears throat> she is now a thing with feathers and angel, and it's just incredible. And it has Andy Hall of Manchester Orchestra on the track, and <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful i'm listening to on the bike downstairs or Mm -hmm. whatever i mean i just start like can't like gasping for air because not because i'm on a bike because i'm like starting to tear up uh well up and i can keep speaking about every single song but that's the whole point we go together is a great closer too is better than their closer from x lives which i love but i don't love indian giver which was actually their closer for all of to the season this year kind of a letdown for me but still a good song uh, anyway, 
1 through 16. <laughs> 16 songs. The Longest Every Time I Die album by four-ish songs. And they've never released. It's a double album, LP-wise. I mean, if you have this on vinyl, you have two vinyls, which is really impressive. They really they finished recording this record in, I believe, January 2020. Held on to it for obvious reasons because they were going to hold on to it until they could tour. Finally got to tour this October, November, leading into finalizing finalizing that tour with Tid the Season in Buffalo, where I got to go, and that we'll be talking about here in a little bit. And they every single one through 16 song is a non-skipping song. Like I, there's, you know, a track or two. I'm not in the mood. If I'm listening to their other records, I literally just listen to this one through 16, 51 minutes strong. It's the best record of the year by far. Nothing comes even close except for glow on <laughs> glow on is up there. Yeah. And home is where pretty close, but yeah, this, they're, they're true rock stars. I mean, you're the super fan. I'm not going to sit here and say that. Like I, I spend the record all the time. I don't, I love watching them live. I love going with Sean. He's passionate about it. And I love going back and reconnecting with like our metal roots, our hardcore roots. And it's always so invigorating to be at those shows. I definitely need those shows in my life every few months to remind me what started my passion in music to begin with. And so it was, uh, and we'll talk about it later, but to the season was wonderful. And they are just incredible performers. I, I just, I've always said this, like there's, I feel like they're some of the last true rock stars. Like they are just phenomenal. And Keith Buckley proved it this year. Well, just like many people, and I'm not even talking about marriages only, but relationships overall have been on that were on the uh, like hanging on by a thread have been slashed away from people's lives. And and Keith Buckley and his wife got a divorce. He let her have the home, as far as I can tell. And he bought a trailer or like a, a mobile. He's a road dog. Yeah, he's a road dog. And he <laughs> literally bought like a brand new truck to haul his whole home with him on tour. He doesn't drive ride around in the in the van with the band members. He has his girlfriend with him. He, I mean, he's been streaming on Twitch. He's really just finding himself more so than I, I think he's ever have he ever has. So. Shout out to Every Time I Die for my favorite record of the year. This is the fourth Every Time I Die album in a row. So starting with X Lives in 2012, from Parts Unknown 2014, Low Teens 2016, Radical 2021. That has won my favorite album of the year. Boom. Love you every time I die. All right. So I'd love to hear your top favorites. All right. So I already mentioned these earlier, but just to bring it all back around, if, I, if someone held a gun to my head and I had to choose my top albums of the year, I'm gonna have to choose Ease and Grace by Ayaterra and Castles by The Elevators. I cannot stop listening to these records. They've been on repeat, like I said, in our household. Pretty much every single song on both of those records, I feel like I know by heart already. They're important to me. I'm navigating a little bit away from the EDM this year, and I'm gonna have to put those as my as my top two. But before we move on to, I guess, what we just say honorable mentions yes. or albums that were super important to us but didn't necessarily come out this year, sure. I wanted to make sure that I got through my list and we cannot forget the man, the myth, the legend, LS Dreams, Peace, Love, and Wubs that came out this year. You've probably heard Sean and I talk about LS Dream before. He was extremely important to us over the pandemic and our best friend Mitch as well. The three of us spent a lot of time watching his music on YouTube and we repeat Rave Cave, uh, you know, every few months, like when we're all hanging out, we just adore it. And in a beautiful synchronicity of the universe, we fell in love with him. We had heard him before we'd watched Rave Cave, but we really solidified our love for him. Last New Year's Eve at B-Word and Cassie's house, shout out B-Word and Cass, when we had a little at home, you know, COVID safe, New Year's Eve with them. And we watched Rave Cave together uh, later at night. And that was it for me. I was just absolutely transfixed in love. Couldn't get enough of LS Dream. Like I said, we repeat Rave Cave all the time. He's in incredibly important to us. And we get to actually see him on New Year's Eve live here in just a couple weeks. So it's just kind of a beautiful alignment of things. Like we fell in love with him on New Year's Eve. And now we get to see him live in a couple weeks here on the next New Year's Eve. So incredible and also a huge part of my favorite festival of the year, which we will get into here shortly, called Voyage. My I have there's live albums and reissues. I by the way, I don't add into my top favorites of the year, but I do want to give a shout out to Radiohead's Kid A Amnesia. 
absolutely incredible, and I can't wait to play through the PlayStation 5 horror-type walk- mm. walking simulator that they released with the record. I showed Lydia a few clips, and she's extremely freaked out. And there's been a lot of great, <laughs> a lot of great write-ups online that say Radiohead have really captured true sense of horror with this walking simulator, going through 3D visual of their 3D, of their visuals of the Kid A and Amnesia. So it's 20 years. Those two records. And we also need to mention Rainbow Brain by Grizz that was released released this past year. We love Grizz, especially me. Uh, a lot of those songs were really important to me, and we, we can't navigate away from this topic until we mention him. So shout out, Grizz. Yeah, Grizz really. Positive what influence a, in the world, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. What a performer. Every time I'm like, oh, okay, I get to see Grizz again. Because, <laughs> I mean, I am not the biggest Grizz fan. But then you see him, and the kid slaps. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is... He is a headliner in all sense of the word. He is an honorable person. So I want to rattle off some honorable mentions. And I literally would just be rattling these off. See through eyes, senpai three, love this instrumentalist single, single dude writing all the instruments for uh, this ambient. I mean, rock and roll instrumental music glitterer, Ned Rustin of title fight. He has his solo act called glitterer. Life is not a lesson came out in February. Love it. Xenia Rubinos, Una Rosa, Came out this year. Love her. And ever since I saw her live at the Des Moines Social Club in front of 12 people and just how she put in 12 billion percent. She's incredible. And that record is on a lot of top 10 lists. And I posted on Facebook. I didn't post much on Facebook this year, but one of my posts, one of my six posts was about how people need to check out and show some damn respect to Xenia Rubinos Una Rosa. Rufus Dussault came out with a new record this year. Yeah. You know, Surrender. Didn't give it enough spins, so I can't add it to my top 10. and uh, Can't give it a top 10 spot because I did not give it enough listens. Explosions in the Sky, Big Bend. That was a soundtrack that coincided with what I believe was a public television documentary on our state parks. Manchester Orchestra, The Million Masks of God. Love that band. Did not give that enough spins. Knocked Loose and Closey, two of my favorite artists, did not spin those or particularly love either of those EPs that they released enough to put them in the top 10. But the honorable mentions. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. So let's hear your honorable mentions before we move on to our next topic. Yeah, so I mentioned Satsang earlier, but one of his, was it his first record, Story of You? Yes. I feel like we need to fact check myself. I don't want to misspeak. I think it is. Yes. And so Story of You was released quite a few years ago, but it was very important to me. And it's kind of how I fell in love with him slash, you know, his band. It's not just him. 2016 was when that record came out. Yeah. Those, those so first- a long time ago, obviously. <laughs> but uh, it's still incredibly important to me this year. Listen to it a million times. Just a, a phenomenal songwriter. I mean, one of one of the best songwriters probably. And it was kind of interesting. For his genre, yeah. Period. and uh, it was kind of cool again just like synchronicity interesting coincidence uh when i was listening to one of his uh, a podcast with him on it he actually grew up in des moines which it it seems so obscure you know he lives in montana now and i would never have guessed that but i just thought that was interesting so pretty cool coincidence there and then um, it's kind of funny to be mentioning this since I just literally discovered it, I think, at the beginning of this week, but I haven't stopped playing it. Again, driving Sean absolutely insane. But there's a band called The Comfort, which is sort of like metal alternative, I guess you could call it, like melodic. Yeah, I think melodic. back in the day we used to call it like melodic hardcore. Yeah. It's, it's not hardcore, but that's what we used to call it. And uh, they had a record several years back in 2018 called What It Is To Be, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love every song. I, I'm probably Catchy going to hooks. make Sean listen to it on the way out to our Christmas party here shortly. It's really good. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful. And they're actually due for a new album here soon. So we'll if see. If this was a band back in the early 2010s, <laughs> this band would have been touring with some of our favorite all-time absolutely. bands. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They, they would. So, um, And I did just want to really quick mention Jack Kays. I've been really getting into his music recently. And uh, he released something with Travis Barker two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, I think it would have been, called My wow. Favorite Nightmares. And songs are great. It's really cool. Check it out if you're into sort of alternative. Again, a great songwriter. Some really beautiful songs on that as well. Travis Barker has a hand in D- his DNA is in so many artists' music these days with how everyone's phoning him up because he just knows how to get 
songs on a, a just another level. And DNA also in some Kardashians recently, I heard as well. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> couple couple <laughs> record or artists or records I wanted to shout out though that I, uh, did not exactly come out this year, but it made an imprint on me as East Force and Ram Dass's Ram Dass. It's East Force doing the instrumental music behind Ram Dass's speakings. Every single night I needed uh, that we stayed up too late or whatever, and I needed to go to sleep, I would put in my noise-canceling AirPod Pros, and I would just listen to that, and it would lull me to a, like a lullaby. Mm-hmm. Hearing Ram Dass's teachings, uh, I think, and just Ram Dass as a whole, it had a huge part of me not losing it this year. Rufus Two Souls live from Joshua Tree, mm, one yes. of the best, <laughs> one of the best live. <laughs> performances uh that are, has been put on wax that is just incredible and uh we got to we watched it really late one night mm-hmm. with with best buddy of stayed the stayed up too late stayed up too late with mitch <laughs> watching it and just wow yeah we went down a hole that night that was really fun we just like we're watching things like that we started watching interviews with odessa when they first got started and then interviews after Moments Apart came out. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because it was just so surreal to watch them as young artists on the precipice of becoming some of the most influential EDM alternative. I mean, you can't even just call it EDM, I don't think, artists on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. And anyway, that was, a, that was a beautiful night. So we can just skip forward to that being like a memorable, <laughs> a memorable thing from 2021. That was awesome to watch interviews with some of our favorite artists that night and that Joshua Tree performance. Very beautiful. Yeah. Uh, did want to shout out some video game music. So I did play a lot of video game music to focus Working from home for going on two years now has its own challenges on just being able to focus. So I've really had to get back to my roots of listening to a single song or a single album on repeat to focus and do some writing. So of course I can't listen to something with lyrics or like with vocals mm-hmm. because you can't. I can't write. I can't type, and I can't come up with that all that stuff like while I'm listening to other people speak or sing or whatever. So. Spirit Fairer, original soundtrack, Catherine, Persona 5 music, Animal Crossing New Horizon, and Stardew Valley played a lot of that. So, do you want to do you want to get into favorite movies and TV shows real quick before we go into concerts and festivals? I'll just be quick on these. Just wanted to give a shout out to a lot of great TV because I feel like we watched a lot of TV this year. And I'm yeah, talking about we did. Rewatch. I'm so sorry to say. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah, we should make these two categories probably pretty quick so that we can agree uh, spend enough, uh, you know, a respectable amount of time on the experiences and festivals as well. And I, j- I just have a few. Sean's better at this than I am. I honestly, at the end of the year, I'm like, wait, what movies came out when? What TV shows came out when? It like time just seems to so, so me- easily blend together. But I do obviously have some to mention. After doing a Google search, I'm like, oh yeah, that did come out this year. That did. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so Made, which was on Netflix, was really, really phenomenal. And it actually struck such a chord with me, and I'm sure so many other people who have experienced challenges in their family life growing up and potentially like abusive situations that they they or a family member or a parent may have been in at one time. So it was a really beautiful story, and I, I definitely recommend it. To check out if you have Netflix, which most people do. Lead character just never gets a break. Yeah, it was, and it was such a beautiful payoff story. Payoff at the end is a payoff. Mm-hmm. And it was realistic too, I felt. It wasn't like over-dramatized nope. in an unrealistic way. It's like, yeah, this is what happens to people, you know, in abusive relationships. So it was very poignant, beautiful story, touching story. Uh, I'll mention White Lotus. That was a lot of fun. Oh, that was, yeah. That was a fun show. What was it on HBO? Max. Yeah, yep. yeah it was on HBO Max. Super good. Uh, Sean's going to mention this. Maybe you'll talk in more detail, but Succession, I mean, it's just a great show. And season three came out this just recently, very recently concluded. Mayor of Easttown was wonderful. I think you should leave season two. Oh, yeah. Came out on Netflix. Uh, I don't know that the comedy is for everyone, but let's just say Sean and I ham it up to that stuff like we i can't get enough of that guy i think he's a genius he's a comedic genius tim robinson it is yes thank you it is a skit comedy show that is just so ridiculous and if you need something to laugh about and just go what the fuck 
the most, please check it out. Real quick, I want to interject because I did not have that on my list, but that's just because I completely missed, forgot mm-hmm. about it. Uh, that it, I never watched the Tim and Eric show, okay? And this is an evolution of the Tim <laughs> yeah, and Eric show. So I, now I feel like I need to go back. You know, I had when I saw the second uh, first season of this, I realized, wow, this is what the Tim and Eric show is. Yeah, I really missed out. It was the literal gif of Eric yeah. from the Tim and Eric show going <laughs> mind explosion rainbows. <laughs> yeah. So I'll let you go ahead and keep going. Before yeah, I, I just have something. one more to mention, and that's what we do in the shadows. Season oh, what? So three? Is it season three? Three or four? I think yeah. three. No, we three. love that show. It's another. It's kind of the way it makes me feel when I watch it is so feel good. It reminds me very much of the office in that when I watch the office, that's like my safe place. You know, I feel safe when I'm watching it. I feel happy. It just really makes me happy. And it's like a comfort show and I could just watch the office all day. I mean, it's, it's so funny and it just feels good. It feels like, you know, the characters. And this is the first show that I've watched where I really felt like I had a similar, I, it triggered similar feelings as the office did for me like i wow. feel like i kind of know those people i want to go to like a comic-con and meet them yeah like, and i've never actors, really felt actresses, compelled yeah. to do something like that before wow. but i just want i would love to meet them i think they're so funny and the stories that they're they're writing in that show are just it's just a really good show just to put on kickback de-stress and just laugh they're for, they're too funny <laughs> for people that don't know the office was one of the first shows that lydia and i watched together and we literally watched again for, a year later and like every year we're we, about due time yeah yeah well it's like every year we do like watch like 20 or 30 episodes and so yeah uh that's really cool for to hear you say that because that is so true mm-hmm. did you have any other top shows before I no start that's around? that's all my shows go ahead okay so this is i mean tv wow what a year for tv First of all, my favorite show of the year was season three of Succession. That is the best best writing for any show on the entire internet or however you want to think about it, uh, going on the open airwaves. And the best acting, I mean, it's incredible, hands down, going to be in my top five shows of all time. Arcane, a League of Legends story. It is the best looking and of animated show I saw this year by far, and they're rewriting the canon of all of these characters, like these champions from League of Legends. They're rewriting their, their backstory to have it all come together. I mean, there's 120 plus champions, and they're gonna they're gonna start pumping out tons of content. I mean, Riot has billions of dollars to just start burning through to make their whole lore just becomes something comparable to i mean the best lore that there is out there uh okay maravie's town i think that kate winslet is going to win best actor actress that was great yeah her for her performance she is incredible. absolutely incredible one of my favorite actresses if not my favorite actress loki came out this year oh geez i totally forgot loki we love was, loki <laughs> haven't seen spider-man no way from no way home yet so I can't say definitively it's my favorite Marvel thing that came out this year, but favorite Marvel thing I saw this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I com- I totally forgot about that show. We love Loki. That was a great show. And I, I just love him and I love everyone probably knows. <laughs> I love Thor. Thor is like one of my favorite superheroes. I've cosplayed or dressed up as him quite a few times for different things, festivals and Halloween and so obviously naturally I also love Loki and that show was really a uh, awesome spinoff on Disney plus check it out on Disney so that brings me to a couple of shows I want to give a shout out to which is squid game biggest show ever on Netflix I thought it was really great and I also really liked midnight mass that you Lydia did oh not like. no Sean yeah, that I, is not on your list yes, it, it's, on my, it's not on my list it's just <laughs> a great show no, I think I just feel betrayed by the show because they had me like in the first round. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. had me for like the first few episodes. I'm it like, changes. what's going on? This is so interesting. And then like halfway through the season, I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> it becomes, it, I just didn't care for the story. I thought it was a miss. It was a total miss. Uh, love on the Spectrum. I absolutely love that show. Oh, yeah, it's a good, good share show. Sto- it's a feel-good story on Netflix, or show on Netflix. It's real life. It shares stories behind young adults and people that are that are on the spectrum. Just want to say we got to rewatch Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and True Detective. We rewatched all of Jersey Shore until we got burnt out at the end. <laughs> and another, and uh, I watched Cowboy. You guys, D- I am not gonna lie that that reality show was done well and it is entertaining. I'm sorry. We fizzled out at the end. <laughs> we did not finish it all, but 
The original Jersey Shore was so much fun to rewatch. Yeah. I watched Cowboy Bebop from start to finish for the first time ever in the beginning of the year, and it's made a huge impact on me. Can't wait to get inked up with some Cowboy Bebop stuff. Scenes from a Marriage was one of the best things I watched oh this whole gosh, year. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. Did not come out this year. It came out, I think, late mm. last year. But Highly that- recommend. Please go check that out if you have the stomach for drama. That was a beautiful story. Beautiful. Did not watch many movies this year because, as you can imagine, didn't go to the theater except for one time. So let's get into movies. Lydia, your favorite movies. Yeah, we can just skip right to the front. <laughs> the best movie of the year, which was Dune, obviously. My and- favorite movie as well that came out this year. <laughs> and if you think otherwise, then meet me out back and we'll have a little talk about it uh sean and i loved it so much we watched it twice on hbo max here at home and we loved it so much that we actually well i left work a little early on a day the last day that it was going to be in the imax out in waukee just so that we could catch it before it left the big screen because we thought that would be such a thing to miss like if we didn't so we made it a priority we got out there we were like one of Two of the only people, you know, this is before COVID is resurging, of course. Right. <laughs> Probably wouldn't do that now, but uh, there was only a few people in the theater anyway. It was no big deal, but so glad that we did it. That movie is um, a cinematic masterpiece. I mean, all, all aspects of it. It's a beautiful story. I cannot wait to see what the sequel and subsequent other Related movies come out after this uh, related to Dune. I'm really excited to see where the story goes. And obviously it's a book. So if you want to check it out and really know where the story goes, you can do that. But I think I'll probably just end up waiting. With a single performance, Timothy Chalamet has become one of my favorite actors of all time. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I mean, mean, geez. Now I want to, I will go see any movie that he is in from here on out. I need to go back in time in, mm-hmm. in or go backwards I should say in his filmography and watch mm-hmm. all of his I films. know yeah call me by your name <laughs> I still need to see it I know it's a story about a gay story and I would love to see that and it highly regarded and I just watched King he's in King yeah he with was, Robert that was Pattinson. a good story and it's a great it's perfectly fine it's a great mm-hmm. movie okay so uh real quick uh, the only other movie that really made a huge or two movies that only made a huge impact on me that came out this year Godzilla vs. King Kong. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Two Titans. That was fun. Yeah, it was that fun. was a fun movie. The the choreography of the fights between a giant lizard, dinosaur-looking thing, and a monkey were really good. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and they did a great job not polarizing either of them as the bad guy. And uh, Sean was, loves Godzilla, by the way. Yeah. King Kong, can, King Kong can stuff it. It's all about the big G-Dog. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm King Kong. Oh, I think God, I'm King, be quiet. <laughs> Team King All right, Kong. Bad Trip was oh also... Oh, my God. That's on my list, too. Bad Trip was phenomenal. <laughs> oh, my God. If you haven't seen Bad Trip... Oh I think we God. watched it like three times yeah, with three you different Yeah, you got to go time, check like, it out. Eric Andre is hilarious. And uh, what an awesome... I think he got recognized by several publications for comedy, sketch comedy, you know, movie of the year, etc. And I'm so glad that he did. He's a really cool human in general. And it's so cool to see him get that movie out on Netflix. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that was, yeah, it was really good. Man, I'm I, laughing just thinking about it. I love like at the end, they just start showing like different shots within the same scene where they had different groups of people, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, yeah. they're just as funny. They literally could have made like three different movies with like three different groups of people every time he does a skit. I so. know. So speaking of comedians, though, who did movies this year, Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh, yeah. One of the best things I've watched. One of the most funny, but also sad. Bridge you all through it. Poignant. He illustrated somehow how most people have been feeling. Yeah. For the past year, two years now, almost. Congratulations, Jeff Bezos. Congrats, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> if you haven't checked it out yet, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix, right? Yes. Yeah, and so. he has the all the songs he performs are all on Apple Music, Spotify. Oh, cool. And it's on a lot of people's favorite records of the year. Okay, but don't skip forward to that first. You need to yeah. see the movie. Yeah. You need to see the movie, definitely. And I'm just going to do this real quick. Go I, ahead. Old, M. Night Shyamalan's Old was cool. Oh, yeah. I, I've always been a f- super fan of, I, I don't know if I should say super fan, but ever since I was a little kid and I first saw Signs, mm-hmm. I fell in love with M. Night and I've always been like in his corner. I know he wrote a couple doozies that like the critics didn't care for, the audience didn't care for, but I've still been that person in the corner like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, we definitely were I like, love old. how he pu- pu- the pushes the fold. You know what I mean? He pushes the fold. He dares to tell a weird story and it doesn't always work, but I really appreciate 
his commitment to being himself and putting out a weird story and old slapped. <laughs> yeah. It was a good one. So if you like M. Night Shyamalan and you kind of fell out of love with him for a few years, highly recommend checking it out and giving him another chance. That was a great story. The Green Knight. Oh, yeah. Great call. Out. The Green Knight uh, is right up my alley. Weird. One of those stories where when we were done with it, we had to like watch a dissection, like several dissections and sent us down a hole was actually... And so highly recommend that too, to check that out. It's a really interesting story based on folklore, but they took like a different turn basically. So it's based on a historical folklore story about the Green Knight, but they made their own tweaks to it and made it sort of different. Sort of different. Yeah, that sounds really... (laughs) They made it sort of different. (laughs) But uh, it was was a different take on a folklore story, I guess what I'm trying to say. And this isn't on my list, but this cues my mind... What was the, there's, they're brothers and they wrote a story and they have like five different films, weird cerebral movies. And you and I fell down oh. a rabbit hole. What was that movie? Syn- synchronic. 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 Okay. Cause that, that just was, reminded me. Oh we, my God. Please check out these two brothers. We need, you need to pull up the. They are, I don't think they're brothers, are they? Oh, sorry. Yeah. They're not. They met in college. I don't know why I was saying brothers, but they're two. They, these two guys aren't brothers, but they did meet each other in film college and their names are Justin Benson, and Aaron Moorhead and synchronic was the, is their newest film came out in 2019. It has Anthony Mackie, who is the new captain America. He's in that one. But the one that really, really ripped us apart was the endless 2017 is the endless. Everybody needs to go watch. Yeah. That. So throw it on the honorable mentions obviously didn't come out this year, but Uh, These guys, the stuff that they're putting out is really mind bending. If you love anything that's like sci-fi weird. And the reason why I thought about this is because you have to, you almost have to watch like a dissection and somebody else dissecting the story after, which we kind of like. So maybe, you know, maybe not everyone's into that. Cerebral. Yeah. But I like to have to be like, what? Oh, and Tenet. Oh my God. How we almost forget about Tenet. Well, it came out last year, right after Christmas. Oh, okay. We watched it in January. But yeah. So the, the, this director is going to be directing Moon Knight for Disney. Moon Knight, another a new Marvel okay. production. And The Twilight Zone. Wow. Very Oh fitting. my gosh. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. So I do want to rattle off some stuff that we rewatched this year. Just rattling it off. That was really fun. We watched 20 of the 20-something Marvel movies in the first 10 years. That was so fun for me. It's almost like I love to rewatch like the Harry Potter movies. And it, that's how that felt for me. We didn't watch all the bad ones. So yeah, we skipped some of the ones that we didn't care for. But Sean and I love the Marvel films, especially the Avengers stories. And they're just so fun. They're fun. I mean, anybody. Come on, guys. They're fun movies. They're good movies. Those people know how to make a story. They know how to make a movie. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So SLC Punk was fun to rewatch this year. Jackass, all the Jackass movies. Ram Dass is going home. We were rewatching, oh, just literally nonstop sobbing, seeing <laughs> yeah. Ram Dass's last moments of life before he passed away. Arrival, Interstellar, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. My first time actually watching it from start. Oh to yes, I'm glad that you mentioned that. What an We fell in love this life. year. Yeah, we fell in love this year, and. Um, for whatever reason, I just had never really watched it before this year. And we found ourselves in a position with Mitch, like, and all three of us were like, yeah, let's check this out. And it was just such a fun night. We all watched it and drank and partook in debauchery and such. And, you know, did exactly what Hunter S. Thompson probably would have wanted anyone to be doing while they were watching his film. So it was a, it's a great memory, which, which might even, you know, bridge us right into the next topic, which is honestly just recapping. Yes. Recapping our favorite moments from the year, (laughs) which is, and just going to say, there's no way I could ever name all of them. You know, I just would be naming. What a wild year though. I will say we traveled and did some things that we have never done and probably never will do again, where we went from, Literally Denver to uh, Cancun, back to Denver, back to back to back. We yeah, did some crazy and I wouldn't stuff have it any other way. No, me neither, me neither. Honestly, and thank you for mentioning that because for sure the thing that sticks out the most for one of my most favorite, I guess, festivals slash memory, and not that the music wasn't incredible at Voyage in Cheyenne, Wyoming, but just everything of everything else about it. I mean the the people that we met at Voyage. Waking are, up on Saturday, June 19th. Are our friends to, today. <laughs> to Lennon. Shout out to Lennon. Playing guitar, singing. I just tore down the... And this is our neighbor at camp. Waking up at yeah, camp. We We're camping out, outside camp festival in Cheyenne, Wyoming on a bison ranch. 
and I just tore down or moved the uh, tapestries, dividing our camps right. up and our canopies, and just pulled up a seat and listened to the man. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you did too. Like, there's a, just like this angel singing next to us. <sighs> And, you know, we're all waking up, hungover. Some of us didn't have to wake up because we didn't go to sleep. You know, you know the drill. And there's just like this angel voice coming from next door. And I'm glad that Sean, I'm usually one. I'm like, oh, no, don't bother people, uh, you know. But I'm so glad that you did <laughs> Yeah. pull back the curtain. And uh, these are people who we've continued to see every time we visit Denver. I've never had, we've been going to festivals for 10 years and I've never taken away such meaningful friendships and relationships from a festival before Nothing even close and to continued. This. I mean, there's been a couple things that come to mind where we made good friends with someone and they were important and very kind and sweet, but never did we take away. I had no idea that I was going to go to Voyage with some incredible people, but then also bring more incredible people into my circle after that. And I'm so glad that we did. And I'm so glad that you pulled back that curtain and uh, we continue i mean we're, we're all close friends now i would say i mean yeah. th those are our homies we see them every time we go and visit and I'm, I'm so blessed to see them next month i'm so blessed that we met them and that is my point so not that the music was not incredible and the festival wasn't fun but the most important part and the reason why it's in like top memorable moments of the year is because of the camp hangs and the people that we met and the impact that they have had on my life to this day and I promised them that I wouldn't gush too much about them on this <laughs> podcast but I fucking love you guys and you know who the fuck you are <laughs> definitely yeah well said other favorite moments festivals of the year I have to shout out to the season musically that was my favorite of course seeing every time it was I a die. blast two nights in a row <laughs> it was a blast yeah <laughs> some of the greatest merch wow oxford pennant being there oh that was so cool so basically it's this small patch company which sounds like what okay patches like no big deal right but they're like embroidered seriously cool patches it's just a small little company from buffalo new york and they've done a lot of collabs with every time i die and keith buckley because keith buckley's an artist and so i'm sure they've collabed on a lot of things is, but yeah Oh, I'm sorry. Jordan Buckley but, is yeah. the artist. And they actually were there at the fest. So you could buy patches and then you could just because you bought the patch, it was not extra money. They would then sew like professional sewers would sew it onto your whatever, your jacket or whatever. Lots and lots I did of not denim go, jackets. Yeah, I would have brought my freaking <laughs> denim jacket if I were. They had vest. denim jackets there, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was really cool. And honestly, I, I had no idea that they were going to be there at all. And B-Word mentioned it, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay, we'll check it out. And then I, w I had no idea it was going to be that cool. But they have some really cool designs, just a tiny little shop in Buffalo. I think they've done a lot of stuff for different East Coast hardcore bands, like Terror, for example. Circuit Survive had some stuff from, mm -hmm. that's a Pennsylvania band, but yeah. Yeah, that was my, that was so freaking cool to finally go to Tid the Season, been go wanting to go for five plus years at the Buffalo Riverworks. So, other favorite festivals we've mentioned voyage we got to see closey 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 Cannot... north coast north yep. coast was a banger that was my, my favorite dudes. festival yeah it was festival. so fun it was so well done if you have the opportunity you're in the midwest or if you're not in the midwest fly in who cares <laughs> chicago illy yeah it's in chicago illinois it was so well done it's at the seat geek stadium which is like a newer stadium which is awesome because wow. that means that all of the Could main stage it. performances are in an area where if you just want to stand and have an incredible view from the stadium seating area you can do that you don't have to be it's down in the crowd stadium, if you don't want guys. to you can see everything there's no bad seat in the house kind of a thing and obviously there's more stages than that but i'm just saying that's one of the really cool parts about it lots of cool art installations they had this area called the Chill Dome where it was just like pitch black, fog, and lasers on turf yeah. indoors. So when you just wanted to, you know, cool off and chill out with your friends, just kind of vibe out for a little bit, you it could just go like into the pitch dark. Cold. Yeah, put your pashmina down, lay down. It was what a cool idea. I've never, again, you know, we've been going to festivals for 10 years and I've never seen anything like that. And that was a really unique they experience. They had like a smoke little cube that you could go yeah. get disoriented yeah. in and like feel I need to be more disoriented. Yeah, geez, that was <laughs> You've heard of disorientation now extra yeah <laughs> and honestly i got a piggyback right off of that into one of my favorite performances of the year and that's ellis dream at north coast not the first time that i saw ellis dream not even the second time that i saw ellis dream this but it year. was my favorite performance of his you know when you it's hard to be in the moment 
It's hard to be present. Very difficult for human beings for some reason. And there are select performances that I've seen in my life that have allowed me to be fully present. And that's how I know that it was a fucking good performance. Yeah. And I transcended, like I was transfixed on LS Dream. You were like tearing up with joy. He had me. I just had a smile on my face the whole time. He had me hooked, line and sinker, barely even paying attention to the crowd around me. He had me and that performance was incredible. The stage that he was on, which I can't remember the name of right now, but that stage was so cool and perfect for his vibe. It looked like something top performance at, of the year, probably top performance cool, of the year. Cool, good for you. That's awesome. It, yeah, that was really fun. It can't it'd be remiss without stating our first concert of the year or since since the pandemic started. Raven skin. Yeah, that in was Denver. that was also very April cool. this year. We got <laughs> VIP, which uh, booth seating, which was the only like little booth. Yeah, we didn't we really even realize weird, we didn't realize it was going to be like that. Right but hey, it all stage. worked out. <laughs> all yeah, worked we out. were like raised above like GA. It was just really weird, kind of, but it was also really fun at the black box there in Denver, Colorado. Colorado. And also, yeah, my favorite performance. I mean, I want to give a shout out to Cosmic Kingdom because it, we. Oh, absolutely. We it's dear to, to our hearts. Yeah, <laughs> we sure. got to tie so many bonds together, hearts to hearts, with so many awesome people. It's that always we, a wonderful time to get to connect with the Des Moines crew. Everyone still goes. You know what I mean? It's like everyone, everyone comes together. People either stay the night or they don't and it's all good either way and we all got to be with all the homies here in here in des moines it was it was a wonderful two days and it certainly isn't the biggest production of the festivals that we go to but it's near and dear to our hearts definitely mound fam for life yes so lydia before we end is there any other concerts or performances that you'd like to discuss i just wanted to mention one other important memorable thing that happened for us this year i guess it was a concert slash party and that was wooks giving just before thanksgiving a couple months ago that lennon lance uh and christian and dusty were graceful and put on for everyone <laughs> for us to attend and Thank we were you so much. we were blessed to be there at the time that they were throwing it it was just a really cool kind of like a warehouse vibe party and friends of theirs who dj'd or played food galore and hangs galore yeah. and it, it's definitely a big memorable moment for me from the past year that was really special and so i didn't want to end this podcast without mentioning it you would be remiss i would be remiss with that being said thank you everybody for listening to our end of the year podcast it's always so special of me to recap the whole year and then put on a different shade of lenses to move forward into the next new fresh year i love a fresh start fresh month but this is a fresh year you only get so many of those in your life so thank you for everyone that made our year amazing we we tried to shout out as many groups of people as we could and our people and our loved ones but we all love you all thank you so much for listening and supporting sean and lydia happy hour in our first calendar year and uh this has been the end of the year 2021 recap favorites of the year podcast for sean and lydia happy hour and we out Absolutely, guys. And I just wanted to say, set your intentions for next year. New year is ahead of us. Tell your friends that you love them. Tell your family that you love them. Get ready for abundance. I love you guys.